0: I believe in Christ, he is my King. With all my heart to him I'll sing. I'll raise my voice in praise and joy. In grand amens my tongue employ.
1: Scriptures reveal the divine desires of the Lord in our behalf. Each of us should have a burning desire to search the scriptures diligently and
0: daily to seek the will of the Lord in our life. Brothers and sisters, on very thin pages thick with meaning are some almost hidden scriptures. Hence, we are urged to search, feast, and ponder. If you are lonely, please know you can find comfort. If you are discouraged, please know you can find hope. If you are poor in spirit, please know you can be strengthened. If you feel you are broken, please know You can be mended. If I had to pick like three main messages out of conference, one would definitely be that we all need to be more prepared physically, spiritually. You know, Elder Bednar talked about food storage and stuff like that, and he even kind of pointed out, you may think that the being prepared thing is kind of over because we haven't been talking about it as much, but it's definitely that's definitely not the case like I thought it was pretty funny, like every time they told a joke because there's like nobody there, <laughs> it was like you knew it was supposed to be funny, but it just there wasn't the same reaction as there was, so he said the joke about how they were looking through their food storage, and he's like, some of it was so old that if we opened it, we would start another global pandemic <laughs> and' like. <laughs> you know this pause <laughs> i'm sure there were some chuckles in the room but it was like poor guy that was a, that was a good one <laughs> yeah
1: well i liked how he also in that message there was a feeling well there was a message of you need to do it in balance too you can't yeah. go overboard with your preparation that you know you incur debt and it you know becomes kind of an obsession. Um. And and that makes sense, you know. And that's good counsel.
0: Yeah,
1: <clears throat> I like the this quote. I I um President Nelson as he as he opened the conference. Um, he says, "I grieve that our black brothers and sisters, the world over, are enduring the pains of racism and prejudice." And then President Nelson said, speaking to millions on the final day of the conference. So uh, that was at the beginning and at the end. He says. Today, I call upon our members everywhere to lead out in abandoning attitudes and actions of prejudice. I plead with you to promote respect for all of God's children. Um, I think this conference is one where I had over almost everyone. It seemed like there was a repeated message. And it's also interesting to know that they are not given assignments on what topic to speak on. Yeah. There's only, that's only happened a very selective few times when it's been an assignment of, well, we're gonna do Come Follow Me or we'll have a new youth program. Elder Rasband would now explain how that will affect a young man and sister uh, that released relief side prison, will you know, how it will affect, you know, th- there's been a couple of times that that's happened, but for the majority, they don't receive assignments. So it's interesting that they all have a similar theme which makes me feel like that's exactly what the Lord wants us to hear you know at this time
0: there was a there was a lot of talk about race directly addressing issues about race, and we've you know heard things in talks before that you know we're all all children of God, that we should be united, and there was a lot of talk like that too, but this time it seemed a lot more, including President Nelson saying... I want everyone to pay a cl- pay close attention to what I'm about to say. You know, God does not respect one race over another, more than another. And I think it was, it was something that unfortunately needed to be said. It's like one of those things that's like, well, duh, you know. <laughs> Everybody knows that God doesn't care about that. But it needs to be said. It needs to be said so plainly so that there's no doubt that there's no one saying, well, the thing is, if you look at, you know... That your well, pre-existence think, or your opportunities in life or, you know, whatever. Well, I think the greater,
1: I think that kind of attitude
0: is easy to see
1: that, that prejudice and racism is wrong. I think, well, for me, the feeling I had is when he says, please listen carefully. I don't think, I think he, to me, what really hit me when he said that was, this is for you. Yeah. This is not for the person you think is racist or has old school mentality, or this is for you. Please listen carefully, meaning all of us. We need yeah. to listen carefully and see what kind of. I think he says here God does not love one race more than another. His doctrine on this matter is clear. He loves all, he invites all to come unto him black and white, bond and free, male and female. So, you know, it would be wise of us even if we feel that we don't harbor these feelings to take some time and think about it maybe you know i i can think of a few things that that maybe i need to do better and not necessarily is it do i consider it you know blatantly uh you know i i i don't consider myself racist in in the light in the in any shape or form right um but Neither does someone when they do wrong think that they're you know, a lot of wrong is done in in the spirit of wanting to do good, you know. Yeah, and I think that's how these biases are and, and and it's important to to just be mindful that the prophet didn't say that to 30 people. Yeah. You know, he said it to all the members. And so
0: And then of course I you and I talked briefly about Elder Oaks's talk, or President Oaks's talk, and how balanced it was in not taking a liberal or conservative side. He kind of, as is typical of the general authorities, leaves politics out of it and is just like, look, here's what needs to happen. We need to follow laws. We have laws for a reason. They're, we live in a, in a country, in an environment, where change can happen and there's a peaceful way to bring it about when you're resorting to violence that's not okay when you're when you're pass passing what's legal and you're justifying it with a just cause that's not okay but at the same time he said we do need to push change there there are changes that need to happen um there have been injustices and to ignore that is not okay either. And I think that you know a lot of the, a lot of what he said there was a lot of dichotomy to it and you know I really really hope that everyone was listening to all of it and wasn't just picking what they what what he said that agrees with their mentality because that that can happen and it's very unfortunate but I thought he was really balanced in his address there.
1: Yeah, I I liked um I liked when he mentioned Elder Oaks mentioned well the overarching message I think was love each love one another, love thy neighbor as thyself, and love your enemies. And kind of get to the root of all of this hostility and enmity that people have um you know so so there's this quote from him where he says obeying the laws of the land does not mean that we agree with all that is done with the force of the law it means that we obey the current law and use peaceful means to change it it also means that we peacefully accept the results of elections we will not participate in violence threatened by those disappointed with the outcome in a democracy in a democratic society we always have the opportunity and duty to persist to persist peacefully until the next election, you know. And then, and then, um, I I don't know. I just think he was very very direct, and he's kind of it's kind of like I think there was a part where he mentioned something along the lines that the members of the church don't seek out contention and anarchy. And I think, you know, the, the thought that kept coming to me was Zion's camp
0: yeah.
1: where, where the saints legitimately had wrongs and they were trying to follow the law to the point where they, their, their legal rights were being taken from them, their possessions, their land. It was so meaningful uh, and, and hurtful, these, uh, these wrongs done to them. And they they started this camp and they said, Oh, we'll go redeem Zion, we'll go get our land back, we'll go protect the saints. And ultimately that was not the lesson the Lord wanted them to hear. You know, it almost felt to me like they were sent on this march to kind of cool off. You know, and then they could understand that the Lord like vengeance is his. And sometimes we feel like if wrongs are done, then we have to be the ones to correct them. Which I think that's true if it's in our, uh, what's it called, in our ability to do it. You know, if it's um, it's almost like um, if, you know, we all have different spheres of influence, and if it's within your family, with your loved ones, then then I think you have a greater responsibility to ensure. But when it's global and things like that, things that are kind of out of our control, then I think we do the best we can and you leave it to the Lord and he will correct those things. And it's unfair because a lot of these, a, a lot of people, I, I think they don't do bad things. Most, you know, don't do bad things out of a desire to create upheaval and, and anger. And I think some of it is rooted in really good principles and and really good feelings of compassion or or patriotism or 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 you know freedom or you know there's nothing wrong with those things it's then what do you do with it do you use your it's like christianity do you use the gospel of jesus christ to build others or to beat them over the head over their mistakes there's a right and a wrong way and i think the elder Oaks did a really good job of explaining that for us as disciples of christ we follow the rule of law, we, we, we learn to uh, peacefully persist and m- make changes where we can, you know, and follow the process.
0: And he even said, even uh, brought up the Constitution and saying, you know, this is a divinely inspired document. But also, we've had to make some improvements on it over time. We've had to make some changes, such as, allowing women to vote such as ending slavery different things like that where it's like we we can't just say that this was perfect and from day one in many ways we have to respect that document as being inspired by god the, the a lot of the principles that are in it were not necessarily things that a lot of governments were thinking about at the time you know ensuring certain freedoms that were not given to them before that But then also recognizing that as time has gone by, they have made improvements to it and they have uh, removed things through amendment and things like that. And he's just kind of showing that change is necessary and is positive. It's not that it's always a degradation of something. Sometimes it's an improvement. And I think the overall message, you know, I don't know how many times Doctrine and Covenants 3827 was quoted, be one and if you are not one, you are not mine. Several talks, several talks said that same thing over and over and over. And I think it was basically saying, look, there's a lot of division out there. There's a lot of insecurity and in, um, different policies and different ideas that are floating around right now. And all of that is fine. But we have to remember what are we founded on? What's our basis? You know, where are we? organized as as one and that's in the gospel that we can't separate our our civilian or normal or or secular life from our gospel life that they should be one life and that we should live as one as we are one group of children of God um, <clears throat> another quote from from President Nelson. Uh, He said today I call upon our members everywhere to lead out in abandoning attitudes and actions of prejudice. I plead with you to promote respect for all of God's children. And once again, that's the same thing of unifying. And he doesn't say which prejudices he's calling out. He's saying in general, you know, attitudes and actions. You don't even have to necessarily be actively being prejudicial against someone. But if you have the attitude of it, it's creating a division between you and that person. It's creating judgment, and he's just saying, "Look, uh, that's not for us to do." God knows everyone's situation; He knows how to treat everyone in in their own context. Don't judge others. Um, I thought that was that was really cool.
1: I I liked them. Um, there was an overwhelming uh, message of optimism.
0: Yeah,
1: of really good things to come, and and it was. The, there were, there were several talks who talked about, we know we're in the last days, these times are going to be uneasy and they're going to be difficult and there's going to be trial and turbulence, but there's also, but that's also part of kind of what we've signed up for. That's part of this mortal experience is to have trials and without, without being tested, you won't learn, you won't appreciate, you won't grow. And in that growth is where you find peace and comfort, knowing that you're on the path, that you're doing what you should be doing. And uh, I really like that because, um, I mean, no one is exempt from trials and, and difficulties and disappointments and heartaches. But I, I like the 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 talk that it really expressed. But we are commanded to be of good cheer. How do we, how do we? How do we maintain good cheer when we know this is happening? You know, the the forest is on fire. The air's trying to kill us. You know, <laughs> you know all of these things. And and how does the gospel of Jesus Christ bring peace? And, and and you know, for me, what I thought about is all of these things we've been reading in the Book of Mormon. All these lessons and principles. These individuals had trials as well, and and for us, they're a little bit different. They're more from our perspective, we're caught in the social, in the political, in the trends, and, and, and you know those things. But for them, they probably had very similar feeling. the The Kingsmen are rising up again, or, or the Gadianta robbers did this, or the Lamanites are doing this. You know, and and I liked how they said uh, someone used the example of Alma. He said, "What did Alma do?" as a chief judge well he didn't sit back and create more laws to force the right behavior he 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 let go of the judgment seat and went and preached and prepared the hearts of the people yeah you know and and i think that's a good lesson for us to think about
0: yeah there were there were several several allusions to that type of thing like president nelson's talk about let god prevail that whole theme of let God prevail, I thought was was really, really meaningful for our time right now, because we there's like all these different approaches to the problems that we're facing worldwide. And it's like, well, if we do this, we can have more control. And if we do this, then we relinquish control and let people govern themselves. And if we do this, then and it's like, what, when when are we actually asking people to let God do his work? And let us be instruments in his hand to do his work you know, let him prevail. And then, um, I can't remember who it was. I want to say it was like the talk was elder Anderson's talk. He was talking kind of about how there's less talk about God and about Jesus Christ. And he said, if the world is going to speak less of him, who will speak more of him? And it's all, you know, again, a call for us to be the example. As members of the church to if, if they're going to talk less about Christ and about God, um, let us be the people that are bringing that up. Let us be examples of, of who he would want us to be and who he was. Kind of a lot of corresponding messages there that, like you said, they don't they don't really get assignments on what to talk about, but it's clear that it was all kind of in the same vein. Um, yeah.
1: I liked um, also one more, uh, who was Sister Lisa Harkness. Mm -hmm. She's the primary first president, uh, first counselor in the primary presidency, sorry. And she spoke quite a bit about fear, not letting fear overcome kind of our faith. And uh, one of the quotes she said here, she said, waves of fear can distract us, causing us to forget God's goodness. Thus leaving our perspective short-sighted and out of focus. Yet it is in these rough days of our journey that our faith can can be not only tried but fortified. I thought that was really insightful when she mentioned, you know, that fear will cause us to forget God's goodness or in other words, his promises. I just I just feel like there's so much fear going around right now. And a lot of people are acting out of fear and contending with each other because they're scared and finding fault with each other because they're scared. They're scared for their family. They're scared for their loved ones. They're scared for their financial future, for their career. And imagine what this this situation, this COVID situation has done for people who have plans hey, I'm going to go to this college, or I'm going to move here, or I'm going to go get this job. You know, it's kind of just a lot of plans have kind of just been put on hold. And being on hold isn't the worst. Being on hold without a sign of when things will be back to normal is kind of what can can really cause some anxiety, you know. But she says that this fear leaves our perspective short-sighted and out of focus. And I really like that because I think – I mean, when you're when you're scared, or when you get in fight or flight mode, you know, physically, you see a bear, you get tunnel vision. You'll do one thing, you'll do that very well, but you'll do it at the exclusion of other things. And you'll see people that they'll panic and they'll 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 you know, right right into a ditch or hit a tree or you know, and and I think the gospel, one of the blessings of it is it's perspective that it's wide and it's big and when we can see you know why we're here where we came from where we're going and we put the plan of salvation perspective it tends to alleviate a lot of our anxieties and fears about what we're immediately going and her talk kind of explains well when we have fear it kind of does the opposite we stop seeing the big perspective when we start like um, tunnel or or hyper focusing on something at the exclusion of other things, and most of the time, that exclusion is our faith and the Savior and the very same things that will help us overcome
0: those things causing us fear. You know. Yeah, and I think that there's a lot. Fear comes from insecurity and not and not knowing <laughs> what's happening or, or what could happen. I think that if we if we kind of get to the other Holland's talk, man. Other Holland, he's one of my favorites in because he doesn't beat around the bush and the way he says things is is, it it speaks to me a lot but um there were two two lines from his talk that i thought were absolutely excellent and they go kind of hand in hand one is christianity is comforting but it is often not comfortable and then the other one was um one's life cannot be both faith-filled and stress-free
1: yeah
0: and i think when you're talking about fear these kind of have to do with that, too, because it's like if you're afraid, if you're scared, if you're worried, if you're concerned, you need to understand that part of part of being <laughs> a member of the church, of being a follower of Christ is that things aren't going to be great sometimes. Uh, and we have this idea and we've talked about this before on the podcast saying, you know, we have this idea that if you're righteous and you're following the, the gospel, that everything should go peachy. And that you should be stress-free and living a, a peaceful life, but nothing about Christ's life was really all that peaceful, you know. Uh, as soon as he started his ministry, it seemed like it was one barrier and struggle after another, and he showed us how to handle that with resolution and with grace and with uh, faith. And so Elder Holland kind of saying, you know, we've talked about fear. Now let me tell you. Um, you can't live a faith-filled life and expect it to be stress-free. There's going to be uncertainty. There's going to be some things in your life that are uncomfortable. But Christianity is comforting in the end, you know, and knowing that you have a Savior who's been through it all and who is there to support you can help you withstand pretty much anything.
1: I like how he mentioned it was almost like... um small parable where he says we would like to ask the lord for all the blessings ask him to not give us any trials and then go and meet with him and 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 try to, to tell him how much like him we are having not gone through any of the experiences that made him great something along those lines and when he put it in that way i was like wow that's uh, <laughs> that's really good because I think we do that. I mean, almost every prayer when we pray, we pray for all good and all bad things to, be able to relinquish. And how much—that's one thing I thought—is how much I need to change my prayers to reflect more the reality that I need or will or have gone or should go through difficult situations. It's it's almost like you know we we. Often we pray as if, if if it's an all or nothing outcome, and when we don't get the the outcome precisely, the you know, the best way possible, we think, oh, either I did something wrong or, or God doesn't care or, this is the wrong thing or, but more, you know, He just made me think that you know, the struggle is part of the journey, you know, the growth, the pain. It's like exercising. We take all these things. We know exercising—it's a dramatic event for your lungs, for your heart, for your body, for your muscles. But controlled trauma like that will make you stronger, and and that's what we need to do with our our spirit. The other one, just real quick, and is was Elder Renlund. I think he he when he touched about uh, he was talking about mercy, and um, he said some. Well, here's the quote I found that says. People who love mercy are not judgmental. They manifest compassion for others, especially for those who are less fortunate. They are gracious, kind, and honorable. These individuals treat everyone with love and understanding regardless of characteristics, such as race, gender, religion affiliation, sexual orientation, socioeconomic status, and tribal, clan, or national differences. These are superseded by Christ-like love. And I thought that was so spot on because, you know, it's very easy to think our team versus their team, our beliefs versus other. They're sinners or Gentiles or heathens. Well, we have, you know, and it's in these principles, the true, true love of Christ charity flips all that upside down. It's like you should care for them. You should, love them. You should want for them every blessing you have in 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 the in the fact that you may have the truth and you may have these covenants and these blessings doesn't make you better than them
0: well and not only that but even if you're only doing it for selfish reasons if you want to have mercy given to you you have to give it to others and that's kind of you know that's kind of what he's the underlying thing of of that statement is um, it's really easy to want mercy and say, well, but I didn't know, or I, I was trying my best, or something like that, yet at the same time be holding other people to a higher standard and be ridiculing or, or demeaning them because of something um, that they do. And, and, and he's basically saying, look, if you love mercy, if you want it for yourself, and if you want to exemplify it, you, you can't be judgmental based on these things. Yeah, And I think that was... I mean, that's probably speaking more than anything to, uh, like, the social media world where everything is judgmental, you know, everything that everyone does.
1: Well, I think there's, just like we have exercises to increase our faith, and these exercises are reading our scriptures, pondering, praying, and they they continuously put our mind in a place where it should be, to invite the Spirit To receive new eyes and new new ways to view our situation and view our life. I think there's the opposite things that we think, just like these, reading your scriptures, saying your prayers, going to church, just pondering on the Lord, can seem insignificant and yield a great result, you know? There are also insignificant bad habits that's, well, they're not insignificant, but they appear insignificant, that yields a very bad result and one of those i've noticed is is the desire to immediately condemn comment give our opinion when we don't know all the facts and our in our world is is in love you know society is in love with receiving our attention and demanding our interaction right away you need to quote you need to share this if you don't share this then I bet ten people can't share this if they love this. If they love pizza. You wouldn't, you know. It, everything is is geared to get people to to interact quickly without thinking and cast judgment. And a lot of these judgments aren't are benign. They don't seem like oh, you know this. But it, I, I it's just my opinion. It it trains our mind to quickly and impulsively cast our judgments yeah. out there which I think can lead us and, and can be dangerous because we, we will then, you know, there's so many things that have happened recently where I think we just need more time to see and gather data. We, we, should, we should really see. But even before the data is shown, here's what really happened in this scenario. There's already two militias that have been built and have been fighting for 30 days. Mm-hmm. And even when the actual truth comes out, no one wants to hear it on either side. Yeah. And it's that fast judgment, that lack of mercy, the lack of understanding and patience, and giving people the benefit of it. We just don't know. You know, I don't know what occurred. We right away want to say, oh, well, it's, you know, because of this or because of that. Because, And it can be a dangerous thing because I, I don't believe if if it were us that were in that scenario, if we were the ones being judged, I think we would appreciate if everyone would, hey, Look at all the information before you cast me into the lion's pit, you know, the lion's den, right? But yeah, it was awesome. I was so happy for conference because especially right now during this time of debating and and one side trying to prove to the other that they should receive the votes and and things like that, there's just like this desire of why can't people just do the right thing? Why can't people (laughs) just say and do the right thing? Irregardless of affiliation and thing, and it was just a f- breath of fresh air to see the brethren stand up and declare truth. And it's applicable to everyone. Man, if I were not a member and I would be cruising through the channels and I'd stop and listen to one of these talks, I'd be like, "Who are these people? Why, why isn't you know this President Nelson the president of the country? You know the you know these they seem like they have a good." Good understanding and good love for everyone,
0: and yeah, yeah, I think it was really encouraging. A lot of the like you said earlier the optimism message of overarching optimism, um, despite being in a challenging situation. Like, we're going to overcome a lot of these challenges, and it's going to take the best of us, it's going to take our absolute best effort starting from a place of understanding each other and not you know, snap judgments of each other, but trying to foster uh, a greater appreciation for each other as we go forward as we're able to go back to church as we're able to go back to school back to work whatever it may be hopefully this will be a new normal in in the way that we treat each other that we can find a better way than than ever before to look at each other as as children of god rather than just you know where does this person stand on the on the following topics well we're gonna have differences of opinion we're gonna have different ways of thinking And that's okay, you know, as long as we're respectful about it and we don't use that as a way to turn someone's thoughts into what their value is, um, I think that we can still be followers of Christ. Yeah, I just wanted to say one last thing. Um, As we're getting ready for next year, um, we're kind of wondering if, (laughs) if we should continue this next year. And we kind of want to know if anybody out there is, is interested in that. If you'd rather that we just end it and stop talking and, (laughs) and don't bother you anymore. Or if, if you're benefiting from this, uh, reach out to us somehow on, on Facebook, Instagram, whatever, and let us know if this is benefiting you. If you are interested in, in this podcast continuing for, for, um, I believe it's doctrine and covenants for next year. Um, We've kind of talked about it and we're interested in doing it as long as there's still someone benefiting from it. Um, and of course, you know, we'll we'll try to have guests on as much as possible. It's been complicated a little bit by the pandemic just because of distance and lack of opportunities to interact with people. But if there's anybody out there that's uh, interested in this continuing, let us know and, and we will do our best.
1: Yeah, well, we know people are listening to it. We see the numbers. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, are they listening to it and uh, just gr- gritting their teeth, you know?
0: Which, yeah.
1: yeah, that may be okay too. <laughs> the Book of Mormon is truly the keystone of our religion and that a man and woman will get nearer to God by abiding by its precepts than by any other book. And if you then go and do what he would have you do, Your power to trust Him will grow. And in time, you will be overwhelmed with gratitude to find that He has come to trust you.
0: There is no end to the good we can do, to the influence we can have with others. Let us not dwell on the critical or the negative. Let us pray for strength. Let us pray for capacity and desire to assist others. Let us radiate the light of the gospel at all times and in all places, that the spirit of the Redeemer may radiate from us. My dear brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ invites us to take the covenant path
1: back home to our heavenly parents and be with those we love.
0: He invites us to come follow me.